0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are listening to More Than a Season podcast with Ashley and Brittany. Join us as we walk through what life is like supporting someone within the sports industry. Real, authentic, behind-the-scenes look at
1: what the support system experiences but no one discusses. Grab a drink, sit back, and listen because we are about to get real.
0: Hey, you. Yeah, you. Stop listening. Press pause. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the ratings and reviews. Select five stars and give us a review. And if you're on
1: Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much.
0: Enjoy this episode. Hello! Hello! Hey, everyone!
1: Hi! We are so excited. We have another special guest. We have ventured back to the basketball world, and we are going to let her introduce herself.
2: Hey, guys! This is Julia Smith. um My husband is Tanner Smith. He is now currently an assistant coach at Kennesaw State Men's Basketball. I'm so thankful that you guys reached out. I've been like following your journey, and this whole podcast is great. I Really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk to everybody. I always welcome the opportunity to meet fellow coaches, wives, and people in this world. So I'm super excited about all this. Yeah,
1: we're so excited to have you. And Julia actually was in Starkville. So it's such a small world. I want to hear a little bit about your journey. So
2: my personal background, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, but I was really raised in Atlanta from when I was like two years old. So I say kind of born and raised, even though I technically wasn't born here. So I lived in suburbia Atlanta most of my life. I love it. I love the hustle and bustle. Made me a great defensive driver. I'm not sure if you've ever driven in Atlanta, but (laughs) Um, I went to school at Auburn. I originally wanted to do veterinary medicine for exotic animals. I'm a huge animal lover. So I studied zoology pre-vet. After shadowing some vets, decided that that was not the route I wanted to take. It was just depressing to me personally. So I switched into more of like behavioral studies and I worked with animals. I've worked with, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Auburn and Nova, the eagle that flies around the stadium, worked with him. I've worked with big cats. I lived in South Africa for a little bit. I was published for some crocodile research I did in Costa Rica. So that was a big part of my life for a long time. Unfortunately, Growing up in Atlanta, I got accustomed to a certain lifestyle, and unless you have your National Geographic show, or you are a vet, or you just are really, really luck out, you don't make a lot of money, unfortunately, in that field, so I, w- I knew I'm a very independent and career-driven person, so I knew I wanted to have a career that I could provide for myself. I wasn't going to rely on anyone else. I wasn't, like, banking on getting married and retiring at 21, you know? <laughs> So I decided to make a career shift. I ended up in private banking, which I'm still in finance in that field now. Super high stress. I work for JP Morgan on a seven person asset management team. It's really fun. I love being surrounded by really intelligent, hardworking people, really drives me. So I do enjoy it, but I do miss my passion work with animals. My hope was that I'd have a career and like be able to volunteer on the side somewhere. And I've always struggled finding that balance. But right when I graduated college, I was diagnosed with melanoma, actually. And I don't know how exactly it happened. Tanner doesn't even really remember, or he says he doesn't remember. But through friends of friends, he found me on Instagram, and I had posted about some of my melanoma journey, and he reached out because he has a nonprofit for kids with cancer he gives them tote bags it's called tanner's totes and so any child that's in the hospital for a long term you started with cancer but any long term illness they give them these tote bags filled with toys and coloring books and nerf footballs and nail polish all kinds of stuff so he reaches out and is like i see you're going through you know your melanoma journey do you need a tote bag and i was just like oh my gosh like no i'm fine i'm not in the hospital for any extended amount of time you know i'm I'm okay, but I love what you do. Like, thank you so much. Love your drive, love your passion, love your nonprofit. It's amazing. I was so floored. And I actually really only had one mutual friend that I could find in common. So, you know, as girls do, I'm like screenshotting him and sending it to the one mutual friend going, who is this? And she said, oh, he is a Clemson basketball player. Like I saw a special on ESPN about him. He's got this great nonprofit. He's like, you know, supposedly this great person. He's hot. Well, so after I turned down the tote bag, right, he follows up with, well, how about a date? So then we went on a date that was in 2013, and it was kind of history after that. And we did long distance, as most people in our field do, for about four years, and that was really hard. I I did not know much about basketball. I still don't know as much as I should about basketball, (laughs) but um, it's fun learning and fun, you know, just being around it all the time.
0: So was he playing for Clemson at the time when you guys met?
2: No. so we were both out of college. He played for Clemson and then played overseas in Germany and the Netherlands. And he was actually on the brink of coming home from playing overseas. So I think he had been home maybe a week when we went on our first date. And his story is for another day. Like his father and his family and everything that they went through which inspired him to create Tanner's Totes. Oh, I could talk about forever. So that was kind of one of the reasons he came home. His father was sick, so he wanted to be with his family. And then after he came home, he, you know, had the opportunity to go back and play overseas. But his mom says it's because of me, but (laughs) I don't know. I don't really know what the reason is. But So he decided to stay and kind of start climbing the coaching ladder
1: you guys are like this exotic international like fun couple. I like think of all these places that you've been and that's just so crazy. And you know, it's such a cool experience. But I do think that it's awesome that you know, you still have your own career and you're still doing all this, but you do a lot of other things too. So I know you said JP Morgan, but talk a little bit about your other things that you do.
2: When I was in Starkville, actually, I fell in love with Color Street. I've always been very independent and like multiple streams of income. I'm always selling stuff on Craigslist or, you know, I'm always moving, always doing something. And so sold Color Street when I was in Starkville because I was introduced to it there and loved it. Then I moved back to Atlanta. I start selling selling dot. So I'm like in this MLM world, right? (laughs) But I actually, my latest venture is uh, Monet hair products. So it's, Monet's changed my life. It's super fun. The women I'm surrounded with, again, being surrounded by driven, intelligent people, I just thrive off of it. It's changed not only my hair, but really my outlook on life, you know, how I see myself, my five-year plan, like all that has changed since that's come into my life. And, you know, being a coach's wife, it's always been hard for me having a career because you have to pick up and move. And so, you know, when we went to Starkville, I literally looked up a financial advisor. I worked for Lynn Phillips, Gaines, just right there in downtown. Um, I found her shop. I was really impressed with what she was doing. So I called her up and said, hey, I'm coming to town. I need a job. And it's not always my personality to put myself so out there. You know, it's, it's hard for people to move to a new town, have to literally walk up to people and go, hey, I'm Julia. Can we be friends? I don't want to do that, but you have to, as a coach's wife, when you move to a new town and you have to put yourself out there to get a new job and really immerse yourself in the community, that's always been really hard.
0: We were just talking a few minutes ago about the exact same thing. Like you have to sometimes put your own career on hold because you are in love with this person and you have to decide like, am I going to follow them around? But you still want to have like your own thing and you want to have like your own career and you want to stick to your passions and not feel like you're just giving up everything for them. When you decided to do the MLM stuff and get another stream of income, I guess, what was like your, your thought process behind it? So
2: for me, it's, I would, in a perfect world, I'd love something that when we move inevitably, I know we're going to move again, that I can take with me. I don't necessarily need a second stream of income. Like that's not my driving factor for doing it, but it doesn't hurt. I mean, I like to go buy things. I get Amazon packages every single day. Like and if I'm bringing in something to the family, you know, it's not as much of a conversation. It's like you contribute, you can shop a little bit. So I have my fun money, but you know, I also fall in love with these products and I don't do color street anymore. I don't do sell and dot. And there's different reasons for why, but I see the potential in Monet to be a primary source of income. And if If it continues to go as well as it's going, it will be my primary source of income. And I think my driving factor now is finding something that I can do long-term. I want to be a mother. We're thinking about starting a family. So say we move in April and we're pregnant or, you know, we're starting an IVF journey or whatever it is, you know, a second stream of income isn't going to hurt. And I don't have to have the stress of looking for another job in a new community, because that was really stressful.
1: (laughs) I'm gonna say you kind of have this all thought out. And so I was not this well thought out with like the job and like having fun money and all these things. So were you always like that? Or like, was there this aha moment? Um,
2: kind of, I think it was when we were dating. And, you know, I kind of wrapped my head around what our life together would look like. And from being a super independent person, you know, we did that four years of long distance. So I had my own life and I'm super proud of what I've built. You know, I didn't want to let go of that, but I, again, I just want something that can move with me. I don't ever see myself sitting completely still and just being a stay-at-home mom as, you know, as wonderful as that would be. Personally, I feel like I would go crazy. I would need an outlet. And that's kind of what Monet gives to me is a creative outlet
0: So when you guys, like when you decided to move in, where were you guys at in your journey when you decided not to be long distance anymore? And what was that transition like for you? Um,
2: When he came home and decided he wanted to start the coaching world, he was a grad assistant at Mississippi State and then left for a director of operations job at UNC Charlotte. And we're dating throughout all of this time. And again, with the career I was building, I wasn't going to drop what I had for at that time. A boy, sorry, Tanner, if you listen to this, but like, I'm not going to leave what I've built, you know, just for some guy, because I don't know what it's going to be yet. And, you know, I've seen girlfriends drop everything and move to a new town for a guy and they break up and then they're lost. So I told myself, you know, I'm not going to move for someone unless we're engaged or married. So we're dating. He's at Charlotte, UNC Charlotte. I'm driving up 85 in that traffic almost every weekend, five hours to Charlotte after a long week of work. I did that forever, but it was worth it. I love Charlotte. And then he got promoted to assistant at Charlotte and then back to Mississippi state as director of operations. We were there for 10 months, super short, but we were spoiled. That was a fun season. And then he got the assistant coaching job at Kennesaw. But so we got married in between Charlotte and Starkville. So we got married and I moved to Starkville with him, quit my job in Atlanta and just was like,
1: okay, this is it.
2: We're going to live in Mississippi. <laughs> I know. I feel like we've all had that moment. Where we're
1: like, we're going to the South. All right, here we go. And we had that. So did you have this like positive attitude all the time. I'm trying to get the nitty gritty for you to tell me <laughs> what you were going through, because you seem so positive And I applaud you for that. But I want to know, like, that is hard, like, especially with that career that you built. And I remember that moment where I literally was turning in my two weeks. And I was kind of like, hurt a little bit because, you know, you worked so hard for something.
2: Yeah, I mean, so the nitty gritty is, I actually love the idea of moving all the time. Like, I think I get more sad at the end of the season when we don't move. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're doing Atlanta again, okay. Because I travel so much, I, I caught that bug early in life. I think that kind of makes me perfect for this lifestyle because as hard as it is, I do get that anxiety when we're going somewhere new. Like in Starkville, I joined Pure Bar. I don't work out, by the way, do not work out. I joined Pure Bar just to meet people. And like I said, I'm walking up and be like, hi, I'm Julia. Like, will you please be my friend? <laughs> so that is really stressful, but you just kind of have to have that mindset of this is what you have to do. So um I remember it was like a couple of days before our wedding, actually, that he got the Mississippi State job. And he comes to me and he goes, Do you want to live in Starkville? I was like, sure. Why not? Um, I've actually begged him to coach overseas because he's had some not offers necessarily, but just like, you know, some interest. And I would love that. I would love to start a family and raise our kids in Europe. Like, I think that would be amazing. So I think it's just my nature to be positive about it. And I think he appreciates that.
0: Yeah, we just feel like we're meant for this as well. Because it's like one of those things where you're like, "Hey, where are we going? And like, what's next? What's coming up next? Like, you're just excited about like going new places. And we love to travel too. So I definitely feel you on that travel bug. But I want to know what the schedule looks like because I don't know anything about like director of operations or anything like that. So can you talk to me about like the difference between like the director of operations schedule versus like coaching schedule?
2: Well, so again, Tanner would tell you I don't know much about basketball. (laughs) I don't know as much as I should. And I don't really ask a lot of questions. He is gone. I mean, the schedule from like when I see him is pretty much the same. But Tanner has this work ethic that is unparalleled. Like he... Is going to be successful, he will be a head coach. It's incredible to watch. So he, even if he doesn't need to be there, he's there. And even if it's not in his job description, he's doing it. And I think that's why he's been able to move as quickly as he has. So the man is always gone. (laughs) But I don't I don't hold it against him because I know A, it's his passion, B, again, you have to do it. Like if you want to be successful in something, you have to live eat, breathe it. I mean, and that's what he does. So on the road games, I would love to go. And I think that's another reason I'm super excited about having something I can work from Wi-Fi so that I can always be at those away games and tournaments because I would love to be there. I currently don't always go with him on stuff like that just because I have my job. I mean, the difference between Dobo and assistant, you know, he obviously gets to be on the floor, actually coaching the guys and working them out and things like that. He- is happier being an assistant than he was a topo. But you know, the people that he's worked for, he thinks have really shown him what to do, what not to do. You know, he's worked for some super intense coaches and he's grateful for all of those experiences because it's just going to make him a better coach one day.
1: Your whole outlook is just so contagious because it is just so positive. And from what you describe, I don't know your husband, but from what you describe is that he's super passionate about what he once and his goals and that's awesome to be around because it makes you super driven as well since you guys kind of balance each other out when you were starting out though like in this lifestyle what is something that back then to your younger you you would have said that you know now
2: be prepared to support your marriage like to everyone because I uh, like this is the part that's really hard is like I'm a very social person I have tons of silos of friends and they just don't understand why he he can't be there especially right now during COVID like our main focus is quarantining so that we don't expose the team to anything and that's hard saying like sorry I can't go to happy hour when I love happy hour (laughs) but those are the sacrifices you have to make and you have it's constant well, I've never even met Tanner. You know, I hear that all the time. Why can't he come? Why isn't he at our wedding? Why are we going to see him at Christmas? Those types of questions from friends and family. And you just have to be steadfast in this is his job. I support him. You know, this is how it's going to be. I'm sorry. You don't get it. You'll probably never get it, but just love me anyway. So that's probably the hardest part and like i said i just i'm a very social and i wanna travel and do group things with people and I, I don't want to say i wish it was different because i don't but sometimes i envy people that get to have their husband's home for thanksgiving and they get all this free time and they can go away for the weekend because their husband works a 9 to 5 and So that is a little
0: hard. That definitely is hard. I feel like when you look at other people, and you're like, Well, that's great that you guys got to do a fun little weekend trip. (laughs) And I don't know what that's like at all. But what do you guys do during the holidays basketball is it runs through the holidays, and you're super driven and you have all of these things going on. So what do you guys do to like, make time for not only your families, but make time for yourselves?
2: Thankfully, Tanner's an only child. So we don't have to split up too much time with his mom and her going all over the place. Uh, My parents are in Atlanta, so us being in Atlanta this year and last year has been really nice. I have one sister, so it's it's not like we're trying to kill ourselves to go all over the world for the holidays. And, you know, it's also been hard as a newly married couple trying to figure out our traditions and what we want the holidays to look like for our family going forward, so that's a work in progress. (laughs) Yeah, I think just trying to make it a priority and literally any chance you get seeing your family and that's again goes back to it's hard with your friends like if Tanner has time off the little bit of time off that he has we're going to see his mom or we're sitting at home together or doing something alone so we're not doing things with friends when he has that little bit of free time that his priorities are family and I think that's important
1: Yeah, that's super important, because I've said before in the past that both of our families is in Texas, and they live about 30 minutes from each other, and all of our friends move back to Texas after college, so you get this, like, pressure of trying to, like, see both sides of the family, like, to the hour of the same amount of time, and the friends, so that's such a blessing like big big blessing that you have atlanta and then the family there and i i feel like your travel bug i totally get it is there some place that you're like i would love to live there not for basketball but just for Uh, that's a really
2: good question i would love to live in europe i would love to live overseas somewhere tanner's dream job is clemson for me living overseas is just so different i'm not sure what kind of traveling you guys have done but I'm a pretty materialistic person when I live in the United States and when I live outside of the United States, it is just more about living in the moment and life is just very simple and fun. And I, I crave that. So if there's ever an opportunity where we can move overseas, I would be a full supporter of that. I love Atlanta. I think it would be fun to live in like California for a little bit. I don't really want to go live up North for very long. Like I think it'd be fun to wear like fur every now and then, but you know, not for a really, really long time.
1: Girl, it's really dang cold up there. Let me tell you, it's more than fur. It's like
0: you don't even see your face when it's like winter. (laughs) What was like the hardest thing that you've had to endure in this basketball world?
2: Realizing that this is gonna sound bad. I am a priority in our marriage, but like it's our life is about basketball first. So I actually have a funny story kind of, Playing off of my realization of this isn't about me, so we're at Mississippi State, right? We go to the SEC tournament in Nashville. My first tournament, and I was spoiled with that season. Um, you know, we're flying chartered, in Nashville. We got a big bus and the cop escorts and everything, and pull up to the really nice hotel. Everybody's getting off. It's kind of chaotic, and all the managers and players are grabbing bags, and I get off. I'm like happy to be here, hey, the Nashville SEC tournament. And I'm kind of watching the other wives of what they do because this is again, my first tournament. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. Tanner's gone because he's the dobo. He's like checking people in and getting things situated. And I didn't see them do anything. So I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna go to my room. Got my key from Tanner, went to my room. He comes up and he goes, where's your bag? I was like, what do you mean where's my bag? You weren't, you, you didn't get it off the bus? What do you What do you mean? He was like, Julia, your bag is probably on the bus going back to Starkville right now. I'm like, <laughs> and he got mad. Like, he got mad. Yeah, because now he has to, like, miss film or whatever to go track down my bag. And he's like, get your own bag. I, this is a hard lesson learned, but get your own bag off the bus. So, you know, here I am just thinking, like, yeah, Bellhop, the boys will bring it, you know. <laughs> and it's, it's not about me. It's about the team. I'm just an afterthought you know, in the best way possible. So for me, that was kind of the, the moment where I was like, oh, okay, I'm not on vacation. Like I'm here for.
1: <laughs> well, you probably were like, this is so cool. I'm in Nashville. Like, let's go. I don't know. I would totally do the same. Thing. I'd be like see you later I'm going I know
2: I get my own bag off the bus
0: <laughs> <laughs> now you know now you know for future <laughs> where was your bag did you find out where it was no I think someone had like
2: after everyone had gotten everything else off the bus I think that they like put it in some storage room in the hotel but it took tanner probably an hour and a half to find it
1: do you have any fun crazy Fan stories that you have been a part of, where you are like in the stands and you're like, "Wait, what? What is happening right now?"
2: When we were in Charlotte, I kept noticing this girl in the stands, and she's like making like smiley faces at people like on the court, and I couldn't really. I'm like, is she, she Tanner? Like, I, I couldn't figure it out, and I even had the girl next to me. Like, I was so upset about it. I was like, is this girl? Like looking at Tanner right now and like is he looking back at her like I could not figure it out and ends up she was like a girlfriend of one of the players that was like happened to always be standing next to Tanner but I was like about to lose it I was like about to go fight this girl <laughs> I was like I come up here for a game and he's got some girl on the side in the stance but um one other funny story of Charlotte that actually comes to mind because I'm cooking chili tonight in my crock pot. And so this is something for future people coming into this industry, like try to master the crock pot. Cause right. I'm coming into this world and thinking, okay, it's game day. Like I can put something in the crock pot and it'll be hot and perfect after the game. He'll be so impressed. Like this is going to be perfect. Cause we're dating at the time. Right. And so I try to make like pork chops or something and I'm putting everything in the crock pot. I got ready. I go to the game. Don't know if it was the same game that I was going to beat a girl up, but irrelevant. So come home from the game and I'm like, I'm dinner ready. Open it up. And it was rank. It was terrible. It was gray. It was disgusting. And the whole house smelled so bad. And we had nothing to eat because it's his house. He's a dude. He did not keep anything in his house. And I had put all my eggs into this basket of pork tenderloin in the crock pot so it's like 10 o'clock 11 o'clock at night nothing's open I threw the food outside and even the feral cats didn't (laughs) eat it I watched a feral cat walk up to it and sniff it and walk away it was that bad
1: so (laughs) So. was the meal that you got afterwards was it really good because I feel like when I fail at cooking and we're like eating this good meal I'm like gosh why can't I do this
2: um, I don't remember what we did that night. It had to have been like a frozen pizza or fast food or something because it was late. Always keep a frozen pizza in the fridge. If you can't master the crock pot, don't try. Especially on game day.
0: That's a great way to end this. <laughs> it's just a good note. <laughs> thank you so much for interviewing with us. We had so much fun with you and it was so awesome to get to hear your journey. Oh, so great to meet you guys. Thank you so much. And
1: thank you for everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for listening to this interview on more than a season podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at more than a season underscore women's guide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so
1: much. See you next time.